everybody, and thanks so much for taking your time out to watch Your Revolution Los Angeles. I'm the host, Chris Rod. I have here with us a very special guest, Hanye Jadot Barnes. How are you doing today? Great. Great to be here. Thank you, Excellent. Chris. Thank you for your time and everything. Um, you're a Bernie California delegate, um, president and co-founder of uh, Muslim Delegates and Allies, former founding member of uh, Women's March LA, and also self-proclaimed shit starter, which I absolutely love. So <laughs> I didn't think you were going to use that. Oh what? my God. I said, I didn't think you were going to use that, but, but Hey, if the shoe or, fits, <laughs> if the shoe fits. And that's what we do, right? Because uh, <laughs> when, when, when the country itself is set up in such a way that um, doesn't actually support the people, but uses lip service towards that while the rich get away with everything, you know, and the white male supremacy, um, patriarchal, you know, uh, system is set up against us. This is when we do have to fight back. So this is why I'm saying you're absolutely special, really special guest. And I want people to know um, a lot more about you. You were also in the People's Convention. Um, you had, you know, a great uh, five minute speech there. Um, and, and I'm sure there's so much more you could say, which is why we have this platform here. So let's expand it. Let's get people going. Right now it's 2020. Uh, we're in the middle of a quarantine. Um, so, you know, that, that's a little, little interesting, but there's a lot of stuff going on, right? You know, Biden, it's right now the two big contenders that are going is, you know, Biden versus Trump. And um, so I think what's important here is for people to recognize who's going to be here to support us and, you know, if you don't mind, like my honest opinion is just thinking that they don't, um, neither of them, but, um, you know, so this is where we have to figure out what we can do on the side. So, um, so, so I noticed that, uh, DNC, uh, Muslim delegates and allies, um, something that yeah, you're part of, I want you to tell me a bit about that. And I do have a specific question regarding, uh, Biden's VP pick. So yeah, so I do want to get there, but let me ask you, so, um, how did all that start? You know what you know yeah just let the people know about that sure. yeah i'd be more than happy to so i uh, founded muslim delegates and allies a few weeks uh, after i was uh, elected as a uh, bernie sanders delegate alongside uh, my colleague and dear uh, friend uh, who i call a sister we're really that close nadia ahmed who is uh, also a law professor in uh, florida who also served as a uh, progressive bernie delegate to bring uh, a line on issues um, that impact the Muslim community as a whole here in this country. Obviously, we had um, Bernie delegates and Biden delegates who participated on our weekly calls. And, um, you know, this year, there has been an overwhelming number of um, Muslims who have uh, gotten more engaged in um, politics. And I think uh, much of it has to do with the rise of uh, white supremacy, Trump, and just Islamophobia in general. And I do have to say that I think that the Women's March also played a very huge role in, in, in empowering women to also rise and say enough is enough. We need, a, you know, have a, we need to have a platform to speak truth to power. Mm -hmm. But we wanted to make sure that the Muslims have a very uh, uh, strong presence at the DNC this year. Um, we had an overwhelming number of delegates, more than um, the previous years, and. Uh, we got people engaged. It's really funny how all of this came about. When I speak to Nadia, we were really looking for, we were going through the list of all the delegates who were elected uh, and some of the party leaders who were appointed and we were really looking for Muslim names. We didn't know if they are uh, practicing or if they are uh, even uh, 
you know, identify themselves as Muslims, but we brought together this group and we started organizing a, around platform policy suggestions. And uh, much of that had to do with uh, just making sure that the DNC understands that we have a huge role that we play in this country's future, right? Uh, with us, with our children and the generations that come after us. And we wanted to, as a, as a female-led 501c3, make sure that we have a space for women who are wanting to run for office, who may not have the tools or platforms to uh, uplift uh, their voices, their progressive values, which is something I have to uh, emphasize on, is that we want to make sure that this, this is a progressive uh, platform that allows for uh, progressive values like Medicare for All, climate change. And uh, one of the biggest things that we did, which was I'm very proud of, a group of us came together a couple of days before we had a deadline to submit platform uh, policy suggestions, and we uh, uh, completely uh, changed the language uh, of the DNC 2016 uh, platform uh, recommendations, which really humiliated the Muslim community and uh, called us uh, on a number of occasions in different parts terrorists, right? And that's something that we've struggled since 9-11 uh, with that title because it has humiliated and, and demoralized um, uh, our people, uh, our sisters and brothers, and, uh, you know, equally the younger generation that is now doesn't want to get, you know, necessarily or didn't want to take part in, 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 in uh, you know, the politics of the U.S. Um, and much of that language uh, was around seeking to end institutional racism by abolishing mass incarceration, uh, immigration reform, um, abolishing ICE detention centers, and, and uh, um, you know, targeting surveillance and profiling and educational redlining, right? And uh, uh, we also called for the um, repeal of the Patriots Act, um, which has, again, impacted the community in a very negative way. But we also focused on making sure that the Democratic Party understands that in dealing with the Middle East, they have to lead with diplomacy and grace, and uh, just leadership. We don't want them to police that area. If in fact anything, we want them to leave our democracy to ourselves, our decision making to ourselves, right? right? But we also want to make sure that Palestinians have the right to return home, that the refugee camps in, of UNRWA that are now defunded uh, by the Trump administration have the resources that they need. But we also want to be very critical um, of, uh, you know, the governments that are uh, putting Chinese Muslims in detention centers, as well as, uh, you know, right now what's happening to, in, in Rohingya and uh, Kashmir. But mostly what I focused on was making sure that the Iranian community also is also at the forefront of this conversation, meaning that we put language together um, uh, for to have the, the travel ban lifted from Iran's uh, government that is economically uh, broken, um, uh, you know, our civic society. And also making sure that um, we stop um, putting sanctions on countries that impact the younger generations, right? So that's how Muslim delegates and allies uh, came about. Um, but what we want to focus on now is um, making sure that our civic communities and, and our um, Muslim um, and our allies, this is not just limited to the Muslim community, um, have a platform to exercise their rights and speak truth to power without censorship. Right. And right. also provide this platform for our younger generation to have the tools to run for office, because that's extremely critical. Right. We want to see women, uh, especially women that look like us. 
right? I want to see women wearing the hijab more celebrated in this country as opposed to uh, having their feminism questioned. Mm-hmm. So those are the ideas that we build the foundation around and, and uh, we're, we're hoping to grow uh, now beyond the, the election uh, with voter education um, initiatives. So That's great. So you're saying there's systemic issues that have been going on regardless of, um, you know, whether, you know, uh, you know, Muslims or allies, you know, of Muslim communities are engaged. Um, regardless, they're basically, you know, running over, you know, running everybody over, and it's saying, "Hold on, stop! We've got to change um, the the language, you know, and policies that are ultimately hurting us." And you didn't necessarily want to get involved, but realizing that there's no representation, that's something that you want to push forward towards, right? Absolutely. Yeah. yeah so I well, think it's yeah. great. Yeah. Go ahead. I mean, it is hard when, you know, you grow up and um, especially after 9-11, my auntie wears the hijab. And, you know, it's it's hard to, to walk in the streets of a country that was a promise of a better life to you and then turn around and look at your auntie suffer by having people look at her. And again, I always go back to the question of feminism, right? Um, Unfortunately, Muslim women, because some choose to wear the hijab or are brave enough to do that, they have their feminism questioned. Like, are you not strong enough? Are you not brave enough? Hmm. Is it a a law that's imposed on you by your religion or by your husband or your father? But in actuality, 100% of the people that I'm surrounded with were brave enough to put the cover on or wear the hijab have chosen to do so, to identify with their religion and for whatever the reason, they, you know, in their heart. So, you know, having that question was, uh, was, uh, was a, the biggest hypocrisy when we uh, were living in a country where women didn't have the right to vote until a couple of years ago. Right. Especially black women. So I'm like, wait a minute. Okay, yeah. you're questioning us, but, you know, we may have our abortion bans, uh, I mean, not abortion bans, uh, abortion rights taken away from us, you know, if the mm-hmm. Supreme Court nominee is, is another Republican as a conservative Republican. So it's like, oh, so yeah. Right, that's right, right, question. right. That's how we came about. <laughs> yeah, no, no. <laughs> absolutely. And, 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 there's, and there's so much there to what you're saying because, yeah, the, and also I think the entertainment media has a huge piece to do with that because it, while I was growing up, like not really realizing, um, you know, the you know, issues that are going on throughout the world, just, you know, watching TV, watching movies, if, you, if anybody were to have said, like, oh, a terrorist, it's messed up how what's ingrained in our mind is like, you know, like you said, somebody with a hijab or, you know, like a, you know, a headpiece, like somebody definitely from the Middle East, an, an Arab, like that's terrible. Mm-hmm. You know, when, wait a minute, we have white supremacists that are, that are terrorists here, you know, and, and especially. And so what I, you know, wanted to bring up out of what you're saying, I bet you there are going to be, um, and, and there probably are. I mean, this is where I want to ask, have you seen any, um, um, any people that are, are fighting back saying, wait a minute, you want to get more, more Muslims and more women and have your agenda. Oh, that means that we were right. The, the right wing was right. Look, they want to implement Sharia law and they want to do all this stuff and they want to destroy America. That's what they're saying. I mean, they're smearing. Uh, how, how do you guys, um, and I shouldn't even be saying that. How do, how does the organization and, and, and what's the plan there to fight back with those smear campaigns that, that they say? I feel like when in your heart of heart, you understand that what you're fighting for is democracy, um, everything else is, is just a soundbite, right? Um, we are not new to racism in this country. 
um, for God's sake, I'm married to a black man and I'm raising a biracial child here in America. So I'm, it, that, you know, racism is not going to be something that I'm, you know, hey, within you now that we have more progressives rising up, it's going to be eliminated. No, I'm, this is something I'm going to have to face, right? So we build on the promise, again, to make sure that we um, uplift our people. And I don't really worry necessarily about what the white supremacists have to say, because they are the ones that really, you know, um, uh, uh, disregard and dishonor women in general, right? Um, mm -hmm. And, uh, you know, for example, not having the right to choose what to do with your body. And you have a couple of white men sitting around a table, you know, in higher offices telling me whether I have the right to, to choose over my body or not. So there's a lot of hypocrisy uh, when it comes to that. But um, sound bites don't, don't, you know, when, when there's a bigger picture and there's more at stake, uh, yeah. sound bites don't really matter. Honestly, that, that's a beautiful response because I do see that, you know, what I just brought up as a motivating factor for why a lot of people that are right wing, whether it be Democrats or Republicans who, you know, uh, vote a certain way. But, you're, but basically what I'm getting out of what you're saying is just like, look, it doesn't matter what they say. What we do is what counts and we will have that proves our record. Exactly. So with that, so with that, there's also a, um, a, a push to defund the police. I noticed that you're mentioning that in the, you know, um, you know, throughout all of your, throughout your organizations and throughout the speech, I heard defending the police, defunding the military. We'll get to that. Um, but defunding the police, I see here that um, in 2017, um, and, you know, still, it might, I think it's a little bit more right now, but um, the U.S. police spending is at $115 billion now. Um, there are many people like in the electorate that have family members um, that are, you know, police officers, so on and so forth. You see shootings that are happening, you know, uh, against police. We don't know necessarily why investigations are going on. But, um, you know, they're stating um, through an, a recent Ipsos poll, um, they're 60% of Americans say that they are against um, defunding the police or even redirecting funds. So to me, that makes me think that, you know, either people don't know necessarily what that means or they're just firmly against it. And it's going to be hard to move the U.S., especially um, since, um, you know, every time I would read a story about it, the mention is since the 1990s for the last 30 years, crime rates have dropped. So maybe the $115 billion, $115 billion budget is appropriate. Mm. What do you say to that? For God's sake, look at LA, for example. Um, the mayor in Los Angeles proposed a 54% allocation of budgets to the police department. When we, every time you walk uh, downtown Los Angeles, there's homeless people dying. Literally in the richest country in the world, people are sleeping on the sides of the streets. It just doesn't make sense. And so I really have to admire and uh, um, I have to really uplift the work of uh, organizations like Black Lives Matter Los Angeles um, and organizations like the Poor People's Campaign that have, uh, uh, you know, supported and elevated and uplifted uh, the people's budget uh, that um, essentially um, redirected 150 million of that budget towards uh, schooling and making sure that we have adequate resources in our cities. And I very much encourage people uh, to really look at the people's budget within their own cities and their own area and, and, and uh, state to see how they can put together coalitions to come up with the data that is necessary or, or ask what it is that the, 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 their, their 
people really need. We need to make sure that, first and foremost, we need to make sure that the police officers have accountability and training. If you are going to serve as a law enforcement, and if you are going to serve as someone who's supposed to be there to protect me, you have to have adequate training to do so. We also have to add social workers into our police departments. We have to, because otherwise we're going to see more black men pile up and their bodies are going to pile up and we're never going to rest. Unless this country heals, the entire world is going to be in problem. Right. And I feel that we really need to, as a country, really look at our police budget. We really need to study where this money goes and we need to start um, organizing with grassroots organizations and efforts to make sure that we um, we reallocate those funds back to our social, uh, uh, you know, service programs. We live in a country where 30 plus, 37 plus million people have lost their um, healthcare that's tied to their employment in the midst of a pandemic. More people in this country file for bankruptcy because they just simply cannot pay their medical uh, bills. And you have not only uh, billions of dollars that's allocated toward policing marginalized communities instead of taking that money and empowering them by providing them with education. We also have a $740 billion military spending in this country. It's larger than Russia's, Iran's, China's, just to name a few. And then when we have that really hard conversation about how do we pay for Medicare for all? Mm -hmm. Oh my God, all of a sudden we're talking about something so dramatically, um, uh, you know, uh, uh, what is it? We're we're socialists now. We just want for people not to die. Really simple as that. So... Uh, I hope that we as a country start leading um, with more grace and, and, and kindness rather than um, move where the money pushes us, right? The corporate interest pushes us. So Right. And the corporate interest is pushing um, Joe Biden in a certain way. And this all ties in here where I mentioned that, you know, since you're part of the, you know, the, a delegation for the Democratic Party, here we have now ostensibly the leader stating on September 11th saying, quote, we don't have to defund uh, police departments. We have to make sure they meet minimum basic standards of decency. Now, I studied law. And decency is just a subjective term yeah. that they can get away with personally, virtually anything. So he wants to increase the budget. He's mentioned that before. Um, as it is right now, um, you know, the, the budget, I believe, uh, for the military, act, give me a second here. Yeah, d- the budget for the military, too, that one's, um, that one's something we'll get into in just a bit. So, yeah, I kind of hold that off because I, 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 I almost went there. Sorry, my fault. But, um, yeah, so with that being said, um, how is it then that um, we can say that, I don't know, that, that uh, I'm, I'm just kind of, I'm, I'm, I'm almost stumbling here just because when it comes to Biden, why is he saying the same type of talking points that you see from the right wing and from the, from the you know, Republicans? And... Um, what can we do and, and what are, you know, what the, the del- Muslim delegates and allies, um, you know, what is it that, um, you know, the plan is for Joe Biden to push him forward, you know, in, into a, and can, can we do anything? Of course we can. 
Um, I think the, the, the rise of women like uh, Ocasio-Cortez, um, the rise of women like Rashida Tlaib, uh, rise of women progressives like Cori Bush and Ilhan and so many other progressives who are now finally um, standing up and saying, hey, listen, this is the country. If we don't fix it, this country is going to go to hell, really, right? And it's going to uh, dismantle internally. I'm happy to see the, the, the movement flourishing. I'm happy to see us uh, electing more progressives. And I think that really needs to be what we build on moving forward. I look at it, I, I don't look at 2020 as you know, an election that I'm very excited about. However, what I'm very excited about is that once we have this fascist out of the White House, um, we start putting the, uh, the, the pressure on um, Biden's um, team to make sure that not only are they um, upholding the progressive values, which is really basic human rights, Chris, when we talk about Medicare for all, a climate where people can be, where people can breathe without having, getting you know, their lungs filled with you know, debris and just dirt and, and, and pollution. Um, we have to push for progressive values. We have to make sure that we, um, elect progressives in office. And we also have to really um, focus on making sure that we, um, we follow through um, on a grassroots level, right? Um, but I, but you know, I'm, I'm, I'm excited. I'm not, you know, I, I know that there is a ton of confusion going on right now in the world and there's, there's confusion happening here internally, but I'm very happy that we have uh, progressive women and men standing up and, and fighting for people, fighting for the rights of people, fighting for Medicare for all, for a, a, a Green New Deal, uh, for defunding the police, defunding the military, starting peace movements that essentially do better for all of us, right? Especially people of color. So right. I'm very excited about that. But hey, we have work to do. I'm right. not gonna. I'm not gonna be. Um, I'm not gonna sit here um, and say I'm happy that you know things turned out. I mean, we were very hoping that Bernie Sanders would be the nominee and uh, that we could really move this country toward a very progressive uh, platform. But again, we have a fight that we're gonna have to really uh, be strong with and about. So. Nice. And so no, you're saying no naivete. We know for sure that we got to even push Joe Biden if, you know, he becomes elected at that point. Uh, I mean, the alternative, look at the alternative. We think yeah. that things are bad right now with four years of Trump being in office. Can you just imagine what the, the next four years is going to look like with him? Yeah. Yeah. I mean, there's so much more to say on that. Ugh. Let's, okay. <laughs> so, yeah. So then defunding the military. That's something I haven't heard much of. I mean, I always hear of, oh, you know, we need to cut back the military budget, you know, so we can allocate that towards other things. But um, yeah, as you mentioned before, you know, the Rohingya Muslims, uh, you know, Yuga Muslims in China, um, you know, is a huge issue, especially, you know, genocide in Yemen. And um, the fact that the U.S. is stoking tensions um, with war, you know, in Iran from I mean, from, you know, decades, but I mean, you know, in, in my lifetime, you know, more noticeably seeing McCain in 2008 and Hillary Clinton all throughout. And of course, now with the Trump administration, you know, throwing away the, the, the deal, um, you know, for the nuclear weapons deal. Um, so, yeah, so my thoughts on on all that, you know, um, I think you're completely, you guys are you're completely correct about needing to defund the military as it's doing 
all these atrocities and even um, supporting um, a right-wing government in Israel over Palestine. So I, I really want to get kind of like the whole story the whole story essentially over that defunding the military along with these issues, what do you think it would be the best solution for the U S to do then? I'm a child of war, Chris. So I've firsthand witnessed um, the trauma that war brings to a country. And unfortunately, um, and I'll tell you um, it's, it's, it's very hard to witness the uprising of our, our black and brown communities and the crumbling of our democracy um, amid a uh, pandemic that has uh, uh, lays bare the systemic racism in our society. And I think about what the, the, the roles of the, the role of U.S. Um, in in also in, in my region of the world, which also which also dismantles democracies and also. Uh, has is is a number one um, uh, reason why we have so many refugees that are forced to flee their homes, but they don't have a place to go to, right? So when you have, it, it's it's almost for me, it's so um, it's so surreal to see how the military and how our armed forces are treating the people who are rising up against police brutality in this country and not go back to my memories as a child of war in Iran, right? Um, I hardly uh, ever share this story, but uh, you know, I was, I was a very young girl in Iran when, when uh, the war of Iran and Iraq uh, was at its peak, right? And we really don't know what it was about, what it was for. All I remember is that we were taught to really hate the Iraqis and vice versa. They were also taught to hate the Iranians we were, we were com combating. And, uh, you know, again, sure enough, uh, Saddam Hussein was overthrown by the U.S. government, you know, years later, but they were allies in, in, the, uh, in that war. And um, I remember watching TV and we would watch television programs, cartoons. I was really young and all of a sudden our um, television would go red and there would be a siren in the background saying, you need to seek shelter because bombs are gonna drop. Oh, wow. And we used to rush wow. downstairs. And all I remember is my grandmother holding the Quran and uh, holding my hand in hers and praying and listening to the radio um, uh, to see if we can get a signal to go back upstairs to live a normal life which was no longer because what they do in, 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 in times of war, what happens is not only young men and women are the ones that die, uh, but our natural resources like our water, uh, it gets cut off. Our electricity would be off for days on um, end. And just imagine the trauma the country has had to go through since then now with the sanctions that are imposed, right? So, I mean, as uh, you know, I, I, I have to say um, this, has brought up a ton of memories for me, um, you know, as, 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 a, as a young woman. And, and when I see the same injustices happen to children in Yemen, which is like the number one humanitarian crisis globally right now. Yeah. And I see what role U.S. plays um, in it. It almost makes me feel like I want to tell my dad, who passed away a few years ago, is this the America you promised me, dad? Ooh, wow. That's cheap. Right. Um, and I feel like I find myself in this really weird position where I fight more for democracy here than some of my colleagues um, who have 
who are second, third, fourth generation Americans who may be used to this, or uh, maybe the same promises weren't uh, vividly uh, drawn for them as as children, right? So it's a a tough place to be. But I have to tell you, um, the the creation of Muslim delegates and allies is to, to make sure and to ensure that we touch upon really tough conversations like this. Most of the people that we have on our board and most of the people that are, who, that are delegates come from war, war zones, come from Palestine, come from places like um, Libya, Yemen, Iraq, um, India, where we now see the atrocities in Kashmir. <coughs> and, you know, I have to say I'm, you know, um, when, when Bernie Sanders suspended his campaign, I felt like a, a part of me died, right? But I also have to tell you, I now find myself finding leadership in me rather than in him. I am empowered, right? And, and, I, and, and I feel like he would have been that, that one person that would have changed the dynamics of this country um, from the heart. Um, right. But... You know, I'm 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 now finding leaders in, in in myself, right? To change and to keep to continue with that push um, on foreign policy, making sure that uh, we are putting more resources in our own communities, with uh, um, you know, making sure that we mobilize on a grassroots uh, level to uh, uh, look at the the people's budget, to implement it in different cities, and to question. This is why. Yeah. Oh, my apologies. No, that's fine. I'm really sorry. You were saying the question. No, no. I mean, it just uh, you know, it's 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 bittersweet. But uh, we're gonna we're gonna continue to push and speak truth to power until we have a world where um, uh, our black men have the same exact resources that our white men do in this country, that they're not put in jail because they're carrying uh, weed, because in their, in their communities, education is not a, uh, something that is, is, is uh, uh, allowed to them or afforded to them. So they have to go to the streets and sell weeds, and then therefore they get incarcerated and spend time behind bars to make license plates for, for a penny or two, right? Right. And that's, you know, very touching what you're saying. Um, and I think which is very, why it's very important for people like yourself um, that come out and, and organize and help others because, because of your realization of um, empowering yourself, saying, hey, it's, this is no longer Bernie. I can't give up. And, I mean, I was even reading articles about what Women's March LA did. And, you know, just to wrap up here, because unfortunately we're running out of uh, time here, but um, in this year, this is 60% of the uh, participants that were there, you know, there's a women's march, were first time um, participants, first time activists. And I believe within that, you're going to find leaders within there that, that, will, that will help bring America to the promise of like what you said that your dad told you, you know, when you were younger. Right. And I, and I think we need to move it there. And I really believe and I'm getting chills right now that all the, all the work that you're doing right now is l- honestly helping us get there. 
Thank you. So, yeah, no, so thank you. Gosh. And so, um, you know, just to wrap up here, um, is there anything, uh, you know, that, that, that you'd like to share, um, you know, for others to get involved in any of these movements? Um, if there's anything new going on with the organizations that, that, you know, they could push forward. So what was it you'd sure. like to help people? So I would really encourage for um, everyone to, to really visit MuslimDelegatesAndAllies.org um, to be, to stay up to date and engage. We do have uh, tools that we provide for people to register to vote, find out if they're registered or not. But the one thing I have to say, Chris, um, which is the last thing I will add is that we have to vote in this election. We are going to hold our noses because, you know, as progressives, this wasn't supposed to end this way for us, right? We, we wanted a better future. But we, the, the fact that my mother is under a travel ban because she's an Iranian citizen um, is, is a nightmare in a democratic country. And so if we give a platform to this fascist for four more years, imagine what happens to our country, right? It's going to be harder to fix it back up in, in four more years than if we were to start in 2020 and put together the broken pieces of our democracy, uh, which is, again, uh, it's a shame that we've, we've come here. But, uh, and I would advise uh, the, the democratic establishment to listen to the size of our marginalized communities they do not reach out to to our black mothers who are suffering black women who are suffering in this country right because their children are being being shot by the police because their children are, are behind bars without the opportunities um our, our muslim people who um, are begging for some equal rights or some sort of representation within the campaign the presidential campaign that continue to get pushed behind um behind the lines and i would say um but I think, you know, when you look at the broader picture, I'd say, you know, we have to, um, this year, we have to really vote. Whether you like what's, you know, given to you as your option or not, uh, think about this for four more years and think about what it's going to do to our country. So it's very important for us to get behind that right now. Excellent. Honey, Jadat Barnes, thank you so much for your time, your insight, and sh just really just, you know, sharing your heart with us. Really, really appreciate that. Thank you, Chris. I appreciate you. you. You're very welcome. Thank you everybody for watching. You guys have a great one. Hey guys, thank you so much for watching this video. If you liked it, please tap the like, hit the bell, subscribe to us, and support us on Patreon if you want to join the cause to help us get corrupt bribes out of our nation's news media. Thank you so much for watching, and remember, this is your revolution.